From the rugged desert outside Yuma, Arizona, this is Outpost Outspoken. Outpost Outspoken is the official podcast of U.S. Army Yuma Proving Ground, which conducts natural environment testing of military equipment in Arizona, Alaska, and the tropics. Hello, I'm Mark Schauer. Most divisions at YPG are fast-paced, but few rival the Range Operations and Training Division in terms of sheer scope of responsibility. Omar Silva is chief of the division. We spoke with him about his division's important mission and what kept this Yuma County native in the local community. Omar, thanks again for being here today. Your division consists of range planning, range control, and the training and exercise management office. That's right. Now, up until a few years ago, those were three separate and distinct divisions. That's right. Tell us about the consolidation and, and what it meant to the mission at YPG. It's paid dividends. Consolidation happened um, around 2017 timeframe. And the idea at the time, and the idea under Colonel Matthews, the YTC commander at the time, was to bring those three functional areas together because it really they, they work a lot together and they provide what's the backbone to the test directorates and also to other organizations that, that occupy the range. And so um, bringing those three together, first of all, really, really helped out with scheduling and then processing those operations over to range control on a daily basis. Brought all that, and then at the same time, we brought in the training piece, which training, um, you know, it, it happens quite a bit out here, but we do it so well that that we protect testing so much that it kind of happens in the background. And so bringing the three of them together um, really helped out the YTC commander make some good strategic decisions on how he, at the time, Colonel Matthews, wanted to see range control planning and TMO together and moving forward. And just really bring a lot more value, the three of them together to the organization than the three of them separate. Um, I tell you that the folks there are great. They know their stuff. They've been doing it for a long time. We YPG has a great safety record regarding testing and hazardous activities on the range. And they were doing it great. It's just bringing the three divisions together. It just made more with, with three of them together. And so it's been great. Um, at this point in time, we're about four years in since the organization got, got constructed. Um, I'm about three years in there now. And uh, what we're bringing to the table now is, is huge. You know, we're bringing a lot more value to the YTC commander that I think at some point, maybe we missed a little bit of pieces. And the efficiency of the consolidation really set the table for being able to accommodate PC-20 and PC-21 from what I hear. Exactly right. PC-20, I was getting involved with looking at the planning side on the safety and range operations piece. And when that happened, you know, speaking with the, the lead planner, Mike Barone at the time, I saw an opportunity for Timo to really jump in, the training exercise management office, to jump in and not only us planning the range operations piece and safety and safety danger zones and all that, but also say, hey, you know what? We have this asset over here, Timo. They deal with troops, life support, day in, day out. That's what they do. That's what they speak. That's why they, they execute what they execute. So whenever a, an operational type effort, like PC-20, for example, comes in, we can turn key and, and help facilitate that. And sure enough, we collaborated. We, and the FOB, FOB Laguna, which has been managed by Timo for a long time, ended up being the host area for PC-20 and PC-21. And so it was great to be able to provide that value from Timo 
to the technical side of the house so that way the the technical guys can run out do do the the test officer engineering part and then we could worry about all the logistical part which which we're really good at by being one division it was too easy for me to just see hey this is what's happening on planning and pc20 and in the range and i could easily say this is where timo fits in where, where perhaps that may not have been done if the three of them were separate on a day-to-day -day basis your division is really where the rubber meets the road in terms of safety right you're coordinating tests in progress you're planning tests in advance with the test officers and safety people and so on so we touch everything from air land resources yeah it's it starts with the test officer you know there's there's a hundred plus test officers out there at yuma test center not and and that's just the two directorates right the ground and the air directorates there's also Timo that brings in training units, and then there's also SOTAC, and there's also Freefall School. We have to bring all of those things together, and it starts with range planning. Bring all those things together, lay them all out. We start looking at the schedule weeks ahead of time and see what the conflicts are, resourcing everything, and as we go through time, we identify conflicts, mitigate them, and we publish that. And then when it comes to, hey, it's week of execution, we hand that whole chessboard out. We hand it out to range control. And then range control then has the authority to execute to make sure everything's done safely. So we do that at a very top level and then down to the day on when it's happening, down to the GP. But definitely safety is, and that's all internal to us. The, the other thing too is, and I'll touch this on a little bit, is we manage the airspace for the proving ground. In doing that, um, I'll give you an example. Just a couple months ago, we were executing, it was a normal weekday. And we get a phone call from MCAS Yuma Air Traffic Control and say, hey, we have an emergency. There's an airliner coming in. They have an engine malfunction failure. They need to land in Phoenix. Um, but you guys are utilizing your airspace. And so can we cut through? So within a matter of minutes, the range controllers jump on. They contacted the test officers. Test officers did a great job of quickly responding to the call. The airspace was shut down and the, that airliner cruised right through, landing in Phoenix safely. And so we're, not only are we seeing internal to us, we're talking to outside agencies and making sure that we're playing ball with everybody else. You were born in California, but you've lived in Yuma County since you were an infant. Yeah. Mechanical engineering degree from the University of Arizona. I think job opportunities were wide open to you. What kept you in Yuma at Yuma Proving Ground? So that's a funny story. So the first thing that, uh, that brought me back to Yuma after after doing my schooling is, um, it was family. I'm, I'm native to here, I have a lot of family here in, in Yuma, Arizona, Somerton, San Luis, Arizona. So that was my first. Um, and to be honest with you, at that time, I didn't know what YPG was. Even though I had grown here, I, I went to Cova High School here in Yuma. But, it, but I had a family member that, she told me, you gotta go out there, you gotta go and see what YPG is. I, I was actually intending to go work in HVAC. I wanted to be uh, like HVAC engineering designing you know, air conditioning systems and stuff like that. So I ended up getting an internship out here with the Combat and Automotive Systems Division between my junior and senior year, and um, it kind of just shed a light on what's going on out here. And, and to me, the mission was, was awesome. Even though I'm not prior military, active military, I, I got it, I understood what we were doing, I understood that, hey, the things that I came to do every day, the, the track measurements I did, the performance testing that I did directly impacted someone in theater, and so to me, that that sealed it for me. And, and, you know, on top of being near family, all those things put together, I made the decision to get a full-time job here in 2008 when I graduated, and uh, been been here ever since. 
Omar Silva, thanks so much for being here today with us. Yeah, thanks for the invite, man. It's great. Hi, I am the host of this segment of Outpost Outspoken. I'm Anna Henderson, and I have Mark Hendrickson here. He is the lead of the YPG meteorology team. He's been with YPG for about 13 years, so thank you for being here. Good morning. It's good to be here. Tell me a little bit about the duty of your team, because they're very instrumental in the testing that happens every single day at YPG. Part of our functionality is providing weather forecasting services, which starts with the morning forecast that goes out to the YPG populace just to give an outlook of what weather we can expect for the throughout the week. And uh, along with that, um, resource protection, warnings and watches for thunderstorm, lightning, flash flood events and things of those nature. And I will tell you, we all appreciate the morning forecast. Right. Uh, I think it's helpful for everyone. And of course, tests that are relying on low, low, low wind speeds um, look at the forecast quite a bit. Explain why the weather would affect a testing, because you think you want to test in a natural environment, why isn't rain part of it? But it's not just the rain, it's more of the wind, right? Certainly wind is one of the bigger, biggest factors of testing at YPG when you're firing long-range, high-altitude artillery. They, they need to know what the environment is, how much the wind is going to steer rounds off the intended course. So safety is a huge element in that. And that's why we launch, uh, in some years, up to 4,000 weather balloons a year which is probably more than any other entity that I know of. So. Right, I heard that YPG was kind of record setting on that when it comes to those weather balloon launches. Sure. Now the weather has a big factor in the Colorado River Crossing Balloon Festival that happens every year here in Yuma, and your team is looked at and called upon to be the weather authority on that. Tell me about your experience this year. Yeah, for as long as I can remember, the Caballeros de Yuma contacts YPG and, and um, the YPG commander graciously uh, lets our meteorological services support the Colorado River Crossing Balloon Festival. And hot air balloon is definitely, balloonists are definitely interested in what the winds are doing in the environment around them. So um, a morning balloon before they attempt to launch is, is very critical information that they very much appreciate. They have their own hot air balloons, but you have your own met balloon. Kind of describe to the audience what these balloons are, how they look, and, and what they track. It's just a uh, rubber balloon filled with helium that's probably five and a half, six feet in diameter um, that carries a radio sun, which allows us to, through GPS, track wind speed as the balloon moves as it rises, as well as get temperature, pressure, atmospheric density data derived from that. So it really uh, tells us a lot about the environment. Kind of explain the setup of what your team has. And in this instance, it was you. And normally you said that uh, Nick McCall has volunteered uh, many years. Give us a, an idea of what setup you have and then kind of what the process is for that morning. Sure. Normally we have a mobile balloon trailer that, that is pulled over there. It's like a mini office, which is pretty nice to work out of. But I had kind of short notice this year to, that I would be working on it. So I just rigged the equipment to fit on my pickup truck which worked really good, just deployed the antennas on the roof and such, and helium tanks in the back of the truck, and I was able to do everything right out of my one vehicle. Did they know what you were doing? Did they yes, know that the, you could say no and go? I mean, I, I want to get the visual of these people just waiting to find out the results. That is exactly right. The The balloon pilots and co-pilots, I guess you would call, see me getting set up and very quickly start swarming around to 
and very eager to see me release the balloons because they can tell a lot just from the ascent of the balloon, which way it's going, how fast it's moving horizontally is what they're particularly interested in. So they, they can't wait to see the data come on my computer as the balloon's going up to verify what the winds are doing. So yeah, I become pretty popular at that point in the morning. <laughs> now you were very popular on Sunday. Tell us about that. <laughs> no, that's right. Well, there was a low pressure trough forecasted to move through coming down out of Northern Arizona Sunday morning. So uh, when I saw the flags, moving pretty well sideways by the big water tanks on the interstate. I knew we were um, not in for a good morning, Sunday morning for launching. And uh, sure enough, when I launched my balloon, there was 35 mile an hour winds just aloft. So it kind of canceled that day. Now there's no science behind this, but I will tell you that my theory is that anytime there's an event in Yuma, there's going to be wind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does You know, surprisingly get quite windy most days in Yuma. Just, we have, uh, generally clear skies and good solar radiation mixes the atmosphere a little more than a lot of places. So it's not uncommon to get uh, breezy conditions here. How does it feel as a MET team member to be able to um, provide your services to the community? It, it feels great. You know, I, I love serving my country. I'm an Air Force veteran and I love what we do here supporting the warfighter. But anytime we can reach out and help the local community, it, it feels fantastic. This has been Outpost Outspoken. Thank you again for listening. We'll see you next time from the Army's busiest test center.